When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11 I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time I put new content on. Lots of stuff happening as always with the channel, but uh, make sure you hit the bell icon so you don't miss any of the great stuff we've got coming up. Um, today's guest, another one of our Knees Up Mother Brown uh, friends of the channel. We've had Graham, we've had Gordon. Now we've got Steve. <laughs> it's Steve Rio Barlow. How you doing, Steve? I'm okay, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Not too bad, not too bad at all. How have you been since, you know, the world turned up in its head? Uh, well, I work for the NHS, so oh. I've been incredibly busy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably been busier than ever at some stage, but um, of course. Yeah, apart from uh, wasting a lot of money on lockdown purchases of various football tops and other sporting goods, you know, it's not been too bad, you know. Nah, I know. Brilliant. Yeah. It's... But, yeah, I mean, it's nothing to do about it, is it? So, as you said, just got to sort of grin and bear it, and um, yeah, I know you. Isn't you? That's what yeah exactly and and you're right it's um yeah it's funny isn't it you start wanting to buy as you said replica football tops and just random things because you're at home nothing to do instead of amazon <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think my amazon delivery driver i think we're, we're like personal friends now because he just oh, <laughs> he yeah. knows exactly <laughs> Absolutely brilliant! I'm gonna to have to give him a give him a Christmas bonus, but by the way, this is happening this year. But you know, you know, our sort of, you know, obviously West Ham sort of helped us a little bit towards the end um, by yeah. turning out a few uh, a few performances, which wasn't uh, wasn't too shabby. And then uh, we'll see what happens come mid September. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the season starting as per usual. I'm just glad we can't be there for now. So yeah, I'm sure that'll course yeah i'm sure eventually isn't it i mean obviously there's the, the testings at brighton and there's um isn't it i think actually the the week or uh, it's that weekend that the premier league starts up i believe it's the spl we're having test events there's like three or four test yeah. events that year as well so that week so yeah. we'll see what happens in it we'll what, yeah, what will be will be as you said in it and, it, it, and it's exactly. a shame that it's a shame that obviously people couldn't be there for the running but you know, thankfully, you know, at least we're in the same division we when the fans left that they came back to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Small solaces, but yes. You've got to take that. You're a West Ham fan. You've got to take every little bit you can get, you know, just every little smidgen. Yeah, it's like it's, someone said to me the other day, going to West Ham is a bit like a chore, particularly over the last sort of few months. But it's a chore they want to do again. And um, yeah. it's very true. Yeah, I know. I know it's the old adage that people have come out with. It's not just a football team; it is a family. You know, I've made some of the greatest friends I've ever had through this club. You know, through the website even. And you know, we're not in it for the glory; we're in it for 
those little moments that make you erupt in joy and the friendship. And yeah. that's what makes West Ham, West Ham for me. So true. It's so true. And you're right. So with those two, three times a season that we turn up, that's what it is, two or three times that we actually turn up. But it's when, isn't it? It's when we turn yeah. up. You and... don't know who, you don't know when. No. And that's the great mystery about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, when you look, particularly at that run-in we had, you knew he was going to turn up at Chelsea. You was going to get something at, against Chelsea. You just did. But like... The Norwich game where we were like played out of our skin, you know, I'd have had us down for a draw at least for that one. You know what I mean? It's just it's so West Ham. It's just I mean I mentioned on because we did a lot of talk through the games on the KUMB. Yeah, and uh, I'm still fuming about Norwich. Uh, it's my favourite away day. I mean, there's so many great pubs around there. Yeah, it's not a bad run on the train. You know, it's it's, it's just a really good away day, and we've never won in the league until this season for I think since 1972. Now, one year we can't go, what bloody will happen? You know? Yeah, and obviously we won't be, we won't be able to do it for at least another season, so... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's, it, it's, it's the West Ham way. <laughs> it's the West Ham way, though, isn't it, Steve? Yes, yes, you can't play, and you, you can't, you know, that's why, you know, if anyone always asks me, you know, who to back at the weekend, never West Ham. Never West Ham. Yeah. You just can't. You just, you just don't know, you don't know what way they're going to, what team's going to turn up. Exactly. That's the great thing about it. That is the great thing about it. And I don't, and I think, I think, you know, the, the Liverpools and Man City fans and Man United fans, they just don't get that. They don't get that no. sense of excitement. They've got that sense of entitlement. And um, that's what really makes me furious about them because they just, expect to turn up the things and win trophies and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love West Ham for the way we are, you know, that unpredictability, mm. the camaraderie. Uh, I'd obviously like, I would like to go through one season when we're actually decent and actually win mm. something. But, you know, I think it might get a bit boring after, after yeah. that. Once the glory's gone, let's get back to being the upsetters and having those little moments in life rather than yeah. just turn up in the win every week just a little bit of glory that we can talk about for up to 40 years afterwards or, or yeah. Um, yeah, that's all we need once every like like the England of the world cup in it just so that's what we need once every 40 years would do us or so but uh yeah. <laughs> i think you know if i don't ask to turn over into the likes of men city and men united and liverpool because they're detested throughout the league for um for a reason, yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, I'd rather be West Ham than anyone else in there. Oh, definitely. And you're right; it's not just about the, that side, but as you said, it's the community side. And obviously, you know, through through the website, as you said, you met so many great friends and just yeah. hammers across the world. And that's what it's all about. That's what I sort of get out of this of this sort of whole channel is just meeting people all over the world who just you know the fact the only thing that connects them is the is is little crest really that they support <laughs> you know everything else is like they might be in the middle of india or or i don't know in the middle of texas but they all support west ham and that's that's what's really surprised me is just how big our fan base is because i never really thought it was that big i thought it was, it was big but not like this big geographically it's huge yeah i actually think i not mean when we moved to the Olympic Stadium, everyone said, oh, you ain't going to fit it, you ain't going to fit it. But we would, right? And mm. again, going back to the success thing, right? we fit it and we filled the bowl in on a regular basis and we was pretty much garbage most of the time. <laughs> imagine imagine how many people we could try and get into that ground and how many demand for tickets if we was actually decent for a little bit. And when we went to the playoff final, we could have sold the whole of Wembley. Mm. Now, people underestimate mm. the strength of their support and obviously the move hasn't gone well for one reason or the other and uh, a lot of people lapsed from going now yeah but if you could kind of entice them back our, our fan base is uh far far stronger than a lot of people give us credit for oh yeah definitely and it's, it's one of those things isn't it it's when um when the team performing well um the stadium's the last thing that people talk about Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and and that's 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 been unfortunate. If we if we were 
you know, Red Nap Era-esque, 5th, 6th, 7th, 10th, whatever, um, the stadium, people would m- maybe grumble, but it wouldn't be as much of a grumble as two or three relegations, dogfights in the last couple of years, isn't it? That, that's, yeah, that's, it? That's basically West Ham, basically. It, it's um, divert me. It wasn't a pleasant experience, and it was always going to take a lot of time for yeah. fans to get used to the new environment. We won't go into the other stuff about promises made and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. But um, it, has, it has made the ability to moan about things a lot easier in the, in the last few years than perhaps we would have liked. Yeah. And um, yeah, things need sorting out, but it will come. It will come. It will, it will come, and I'm and I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm a, an eternal optimist when it comes to West Ham. So it's like after every season finishes, it's like right, okay, next season's our season, and I've just got a feeling about this season. I don't know why. About three games in, it'll be, be completely changed and it'll be back to normal. But uh, <laughs> I don't that know long. why. I just I don't know why. <laughs> that long, it only takes one game. You're back down. Oh, I forget. Well, yeah. Newcastle. Well, I think bloody hell, that's a six pointer already. <laughs> first game of the season, isn't it? When's <laughs> But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're doing all right pre-season. You know, they, they've undefeated. So, through to the Betway Cup final as well, again. I know. I mean, that silverware is racking up, you know. <laughs> that Betway Cup, you know, which that should be round the side of the... the yeah. <laughs> Where's it? Well, because well, I'm, I'm gutted that it's not lined up on there. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's our that's, that's European glory. That's that's the last yeah. thing we've won since eighty. So I'm surprised that's not up there. But you think oh, I suppose three. when you you have three winners as well, don't you? The Intertoto Cup that year, if I remember, there was three of us that won. There was yeah, three but finals. we didn't really matter. So yeah, we the first English club, I think first and only English club to win it as well. So. Be proud of your little achievements. Take that. Yeah, it's the thing. You've got, you've got to take them when they come. You have to take them when they come, Steve. Steve, we, we see the West Ham shirt. We, we know all the news at Laura Brown stuff you do. Um, the first question I always ask everyone, he says, uh, 10 minutes into the interview, it's not too bad for me this time, is why is West Ham your club? What's like your origin story? Um, sadly, my, my parents weren't born in Barcelona, so, you know, <laughs> local club. It's job, purely geography. Uh, born in Plasto, brought up in Canyon Town and Stratford. Uh, when we emigrated to Dagenham, so yeah, no, I really had no choice, you know. Yeah. Uh, and also, when I was young, my parents obviously at work, uh, so my my grandmother and my my uncles looked after me quite a lot. And the journey from where we lived in Stratford to where my nan was in uh, East Ham used to go on the S1 bus route. And that S1 used to go past this massive thing, like mess, big claret and blue stadium kind of thing. And once I've got the correlation between like, what that stadium was and when I went around my uncle's, sport was always on the TV, you know. Yeah. You couldn't move watching football and there's cricket and rugby on. But I, I was always football from the, about t- the age of two or three. Mm. And once I've got that link between that big building, I saw people milling about on a Saturday afternoon uh, and the football and my uncle supporting West Ham and all. And it was a natural thing, you know. Oh. I'm still gutted. I weren't born in Barcelona, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you would have had a better time of it. Nice, nicer weather as well. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, end of the day, yes, you could have watched Guardiola... Iniesta, Xavi, uh, Stoichkov. You could have watched Messi. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the yeah. day, you could, you got to see, you know, Gary Breen. You know, you yeah. got to see Paul Hilton. You know, you got to see some players. So... Yeah. Titi Kamara, Raggy Soma. Yeah. Raggy Soma. Raggy Soma. That's a good shout. I remember Titi... Was Titi Kamara's debut? I... I think I have a, I think it. I remember going to Leicester away. It was a Christmas. Uh, it was a Christmas game, or over the Christmas period. And I've got a fe- feeling that might have been his debut, and because I just remember just just vividly laughing, just just laughing at the fact that we had TT Kamara playing for us. But uh, yeah, oh bless him. Exactly. So you know, you, you got you got to give you yin and yang. You know, yeah, nice weather, but you know, you wouldn't have got to see Roger Johnson playing a claret and blue shirt. So exactly. He swings and roundabouts, really, you know, oranges and yeah. lemons and all that. 
Do you remember your first game, Steve? Yeah, it was Boxing Day 1983. Um, oh. We played Southampton at home, uh, mm. and as is the West Ham way, we lost 1-0. Oh, very good. Uh, but um, five days later, because uh, it was my, uh, the bloke my dad used to work with who took me. You know, he took yeah. me first ever. And uh, he just saw that I was really hooked by the atmosphere. I think I spent more of the time watching the crowd as I, as I did the football that day. Yeah. And five days later, uh, we had Tottenham at home. And he went, would you like to come again? And I went, yeah, of course I would. And we won 4-1 that day. And uh, I don't think life's ever got any better, to be honest. <laughs> that was an amazing game. Uh, yeah, it's still one of the highlights of my West Ham career. I always say it's a career because it feels like a bloody job at times. No, I agree. I, no, I always call it a career because I think it is a career. You're right. It's like, you know, most people, you know, you think when you retire, you don't, you never retire from West Ham. Um, it's always there. So it's even worse than a career. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, typical West Ham, you know, first. But I mean, you know, by losing at your first game, at least that sort of set you in along the path of being a West Ham fan for the rest of your fan career. So it's like, yeah. And Definitely. then obviously, yeah. obviously turning up against Tottenham again—that's that's pretty, that's pretty normal for a West Ham team. So yeah, that's standard for the rest of my supporting life. So I knew what was coming, really. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, but I was from that very moment walking that ground, just yeah. sensing the atmosphere and the walk down Green Street and just, just it's the sights, the sound—it's everything, you know. Mm. I'm like, as soon as I walked in here, I thought I felt like home. Yeah. Uh, and that never left me at the bowling. Now. And um, as, as I've grown older, got to know more people, um, yeah. it goes back again. It's like a family. You, you feel at home, you know. You can go up and down the country. I mean, I used to go away games quite often, and um, there was times when my friends couldn't go, work commitments and stuff. But I had no qualms about travelling up to Middlesbrough or Newcastle on my own mm. because I knew on the journey there... Once I got the ground in and around the stadium, I bump into people that I would yeah. know either personally or just by sight. And yeah, you know that's how you make friends, and that's why I feel this is a family. Oh, it is. Oh, oh absolutely, no doubt. You know, I've been very fortunate enough since doing this that. I've been sort of let into a lot of, you know, private groups on Facebook and stuff like that. And it is just a big family. And, you know, when we did the, um, we did a big charity event, obviously last week for uh, Iron Supporting Food Banks. And that was just an epitome of the West Ham family because like we had different YouTubers, we had people phoning me up, donating stuff, people dropping stuff off at my house. Uh, you know, people I've never met physically, you know, turning up my house. You know, Callingtown Lynn turned up at my house. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, and so, uh, you know, it's brilliant. And But it's so true. I mean, even before, you know, you've seen people who obviously had a lot, you know, obviously during these last sort of few months, a lot of tragedy and stuff. And you just see everyone just clubbing together and, and supporting everyone yeah. and keeping the band to go in and stuff. And I think that's, that's what people miss is that sort of human interaction, you know, face to face rather than Zoom. And as you said, you're doing the watch alongs, which is great. And obviously other channels do it as well. And at tries to keep some sort of that match day banter isn't it along and uh they're yeah. good fun they are good fun those watch alongs i yeah. love them they're a bit a bit uh a bit tense at times and it makes you appreciate the guys who do it professionally because sometimes you get thrown a question i just think like i don't know i'm watching the tv i can't really see you know it's like it's very tough, <laughs> tough going, but it's hugely enjoyable doing it. Oh, it is. Yeah, I know. We were doing some, I know some of the other channels have been doing the, uh, obviously, the watch-alongs for the friendly games. And uh, I, I popped in on one of them because I was at the ground for, for, the, for the Brentford game and I popped in because it was like absolute Brent. I mean, it was just nothing to do. And I was doing, I was just sat there with them. It was just really funny because I was like watching it. And I'm like three minutes ahead of everyone else. So <laughs> so they're watching my reaction to see if West Ham had scored or there's a close goal. And yeah, no, it's good fun. It's good fun. It's all banter in it. Everyone has a yeah. giggle. And uh, I don't think we actually commentated on the game. We we're just talking about... Just life in general. Oh shit, the game's on. Um, yeah, uh, Brentford on attack. Yeah, anyway, um, anyway, back to, back to your car, Nigel. That's all. You, you know. Oh, I just <laughs> love it. And everyone loved it. it was good fun. Um, right, Steve. Let's talk about your eleven. So I'm looking forward to this because you know, right. not being, you know, I'm not, you know, you, you're an experience. You've had a long career. Let's just say that from sort of yeah. the early eighties. 
Yeah. A nice uh, span. I'd say, like, my, my first game was an 80, I played Boxing Day 83. Um, yeah. During the 85 86 season, much to my dismay, and it's typical of me being a West Ham fan, uh, I had a job over at Dagenham Football Club as a ball boy that year. So, and our games were at a with a home game to West Ham. So, I only got to about three or four that season, which just oh, sums up basically, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I started, I say I started going regularly the, the following season. And from between 89 up until obviously this year, I think I'd only missed about six home games in that time. Wow. So, um, yeah, I've racked up a few. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I've I'm a parent now, so I mean, my boy, he's 20, he comes to me every week. Uh, he's oh, incredibly hooked. My daughter's been a few times, my youngest son, he's been a few times, he enjoys it. Um, so, yeah, my parenthood was supposed to take take the four, but um, much to my <laughs> shock, something like West Ham went a little bit first at times. So, <laughs> I'm, luckily, my wife's a bit understanding in that matters, but uh, yeah, so I've I mean, I've racked up, if you include friendlies and testimonials, which I don't normally, I mean, I've, I've done over a thousand games, I'd say. Wow. Yeah. That's mental. But, yeah. But uh, I think my my core years really started about 87, 88 onwards. Yeah. yeah. I figured out the other day, um, someone asked me how many times I'd played on Forever Bay Bubbles at, Up- at Upton Park and London Stadium. And I and I try to figure it out, and I think it was over at least fifteen hundred times I've played that song, and um, and it's just crazy when you when you sit down and think about you think about you know a thousand games, you know times ninety times the fifty, you know how much how much time you've how many years you've watched West Ham solidly, it's mental. It's like my wife, she watched yeah. like. I know, the box sets and you go you go she's watched the box set on netflix in about two or three days and you figure it out joe you you've you've watched like 24 hours solidly solidly in the last week <laughs> you know it's, that's a day that's the whole of wednesday um it's scary when you think of it like that but um i mean in terms of in terms of the my hammers 11 i mean the only criteria is really that you have to be alive to have seen them play not necessarily seen them live but being alive to see them play the reason why I say that is obviously some people um, are unfortunate or fortunate, depends how you look at it, to never have seen West Ham play live because they might be in Mumbai or in Texas or maybe they've only seen a, two or three games. So yeah. that would sure. very much diminish their, their options. <laughs> so that's the only rule. But, you know, it, formation I'm not fussy about anymore as well now, Steve. So, you know, I've got soft in my old age. So that's basically the only thing. And it's your 11. So you can talk about whoever you want. Doesn't have to be the best players. Could just be the players that are closest to your heart. Might be the worst players. I mean, we've had. I mean, we had Graham doing a a Roggins eleven or a locked locked up eleven. I think he called them whatever. Yeah. And that's that's the fun. You can do whatever you want, Steve. Um, so we'll start off in goal. Who's in goal for the Steve eleven? Right. So I'm going for a four four two, and um, I'm going with players that I love and admire. Yeah. Um, now, in goal, uh, I had a bit of a tough choice for this one. There were, there's three main candidates for me. Uh, Phil Parks was a natural, uh, and he would have made the number one slot. But I really only saw him when the knees had started to go. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, and um, he was still a great keeper. It just that he wasn't at that really kind of superb level of that first oh, seven yeah. eight years of with us you know so big phil misses out unfortunately uh as does rob green who i thought was a pretty immense keeper for us you know yeah. and what i loved about rob green and all is that he not only did he keep us in a lot of games when the arsenal game at, at the emirates yes it's a standout performance for me but uh, when he made mistakes because all keepers do mm. you know he used to turn around to the what, Bobby Moss then Rice sat and put his hand up and say sorry. You know, you don't mm. see keepers doing that, you know. But no. so I used to love him for that as well. But my number one is um Ludo, yeah. And um, it's pure and simple. Like, obviously, I've just said, like, when Phil Parts in goal, he's 
creaking a little bit and he was like mm. signs of wear and tear crept in all of a sudden this massive geezer come in <laughs> couldn't speak a word of english all he could hear was keeper he just had to kick the ball further than i've seen phil park kick it in in seven or eight years uh it's just an immense shot stopper and i just i grew emotionally attached to ludo uh, mm. So much so, went at the Mark Noble testimonial when he kind of, he went back, made out an appearance late on dinner. I think he had the mm. last 15, 20 minutes. When everyone started singing the song, uh, my eyes were welling up. I got all really mm. emotional back then. I, don't, I, feel, I, I just love the man. He's just an absolutely immense man. I'm lucky to have met him a couple of times and all. Wonderful keeper, wonderful person. Yeah, he is, and and you and that, that's the one thing I really, uh, you know, I really didn't think about when I started doing this show, was hearing about the individual stories because obviously you've met him a few times, you know, people have met someone like Ludo and just he comes across. I mean, yeah, he contacted me because I asked him to come on the show, but he, he says oh, my English is so crap, I, you know, I don't like. And I fair, you know, it's like fair enough, I get that. That's all right. We'll we'll get him here eventually. We'll force him, um, but. Yeah, I mean, talking yeah. to like the Scandinavian hammers and the time he had for the Scandinavian hammers, you know, literally coming back from like a player dinner back to the, the ho- what was the hotel then at the bowling um, and yeah. spent three or four hours with the guys and just such a lovely bloke. He just, yeah. I mean, you know, I, was, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I lived around where he used to live around that area and his son was at school and we would always play that school and it was always, you know, we knew because Ludo would turn up and Martin would be there and he was all right. He wasn't a bad player, Martin, but, uh, but yeah, no, he, he was just a lovely bloke, absolutely superb bloke. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things where I think with Ludo, you're right. He was just the first of, of an of a new modern era, you know, of these sort of, athletic looking goalkeepers where we feel parks was like you know even shilton and stuff they're just quite imposing like bulky characters and and this like as you said just and the way he used to kick it as well he used to kick it really funny didn't he like almost like on the like on the side and just wallop it as you said and um yep. nah love him absolutely love him right okay yeah it's just Ooh. amazing Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant keeper. Right, okay, let's go. Uh, let's go left back then. See if we're playing four four two. Steve, who's your left back? This is the easiest choice out of the whole eleven. Um, I've never seen another left back as good as him for West Ham, and I really don't think I will ever again. Uh, the yep. one and only Julian Dix. Oh, sorry, I thought you said, I was Rasband Rat. Sorry, <laughs> Julian Dix. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, what a guy! Dixon. No. Uh, yeah. From his debut, I think it was at home to Evan, wasn't it, when he made his debut back in about 88. And he just looked a natural West Ham player. He had, yeah. you know, he had a wonderful left foot. He had passion, he had desire, an eye for goal. Um, he's an absolute warrior and all, you know. I mean, this is the thing about my team. Throughout my team, I've got three or four a core of players that I'd put my life on the line with, you know, because I knew they'd back yeah. me up every single time. Mm. Julian Dix is possibly the greatest left back never to play for England. And oh, definitely. He's just an amazing player, wasn't he? And mm. also decent taste in music and all. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Maiden fan, but a couple of my friends are. But uh, I admire what they do. That's kind of up the alley that I like. So... That's the ice on the cake for me. Julian Dix is yeah. an amazing player, and I feel privileged to have watched him. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, a dad again at 53. Yep. Yeah, you should know better by now. <laughs> you should know better by now, particularly he's got to try and guide <laughs> West Brom to Premier League safety next season. No, I was having another kid. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Could not do yeah. that at all. <laughs> Could not do it. I'm looking forward to obviously working with him and Slav back as well, because, you know, oh, it was, yeah. Um, Right, Julian's in. Uh, let's go. Let's go right back then, Steve. Let's go the other side. So for me, uh, there was two choices. Uh, unfortunately, mm. Tim Breaker misses out. Um, again, Tim Breaker was um, a great player. He came in exactly yeah. the right moment. Uh, he was like a machine, wasn't he? He was just up and down that right wing, um, defended well, attacked well. He's a consummate professional. But um, for me, Ray Stewart. Because 
Um, when, when I first started going, he was just tough tackling, no nonsense Scottish kind of not book psycho. He had that streak about him where you think, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to mess with him, no, mm-hmm. but versatile. Along with Julian, the two greatest penalty takers I've ever seen for West Ham. Mm. Uh, he was just so dependable. And, you know, what great value we got. We signed from Dundee United for about £400,000. And we got it, 10, 15 years worth of, out of him. Um, what a good, great player. Versatile, yeah. I'd say versatile. And also, again, I've met him at the West Ham event before. And what a bloody nice bloke and all. You know? Wonderful chap. Wonderful bloke. There's no two ways about it. He's a, he's a yeah. lovely guy. Um, he's coming on eventually. Coming on the, the channel eventually. But he don't like doing the Zoom things. That's the trouble. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> like doing all this. So, but bless him, he phoned me up to say, "Look, Russ, I'm not ignoring you. I'd, I'd love to do it, but I just don't like doing it." But then we must have chatted for about an hour and a half about football West Ham. There you he, go. He's like, that's what I mean. Just, and I never met the man, but he was a beautiful man, and um, obviously watching a lot of the the high you know a lot of obviously old footballs which you did knock down because nothing else to watch um yeah what a great what a great sort of penalty taker yeah. and nerves are still what apparent nerves are still you know like obviously that that sort of that penalty in the quarter the semis of the quarterfinals of the fa cup and you know last oh, minute right. yeah last in the league cup final um and i think his range shows it i think he only missed about was it eight out of 92 or something like that Mental. It's phenomenal, and he struck a ball so hard as well. Again, going back to what the second game we went to, that four-one over Tottenham. Mm. I think he scored. Well, he definitely scored that game, and unfortunately, he was in the time when the TV cameras weren't there. Yeah. But he hit a rocket from about thirty-five yards, and it oh, that has stuck with me forever. And um, I, I just wish we I could watch that again, you know. But yeah. lie at the time as. What was I? Eleven year old. Ah, that was just an amazing moment. Picture, yeah. The whole ground erupted, and I thought, "This is it. This is for me." Yeah. Well, that was like my my first game. The first, well, actually, the first goal that I saw was very was a was was the opposition. The opposition scored after about thirty seconds. Um, and I remember that cause my granddad's went to me, turned around, "That's it. Get used to that. You've got that for rest of your life." <laughs> I didn't believe him until now, obviously. Um, but it was then a Julian Dix sort of 35 Thunderbolt, you know, that he would do more than regular. And as you said, the places are right. And I, I can still see it now in my head because I was in the East End. I can still see it, cut, you know. And um, it's, it's weird how things like that just stick in your mind. But uh, yeah, yeah, all right. And obviously, you know, what I like about Ray as well, he's always really nicely turned out. He's always in a nice suit. He always looks, you know, looks after his... Yeah, you know, he's parent. He's a lovely bloke. Yeah, can't understand the word he's saying though. But it don't matter apart from that. Okay, raising. Let's go centre backs. Have <laughs> you got centre backs then, Steve? Right. Um, the man who misses out for me uh, was Mister Bilic. Didn't have a very long stay for us, but um, no. I was just completely enamoured by him. He just. It was a world apart when he played for us. Uh, so mm. it's with regret I don't pick him. But um, Mr. Alvin Martin gets in as one of my choices. Yep. Um, he was there from 78 through the mid 90s. <laughs> yeah. And he seemed to get better with age, you know. Obviously, slower and a little bit bolder, but mm-hmm. positionally, he was superb. Oh, man, what a player. There's mm. only one thing I've got against Alvin. Right. I don't know if you remember when Yeah Mulby joined Liverpool from was it some kind of club in Denmark, wasn't it? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Within six weeks, I think he oh, went yeah. from speaking like completely Danish into being a complete scarcer. You know, and I just thought, how yeah. did that happen? Alvin's been living in London for like the best part of nearly forty years. Yeah, and he's still got that accent. I mean, Even come on, so. mate, lose yeah. it to some. Please, yeah. yeah, but it's like when it's like when like when the English guys go to America and, and then that becoming more like Danny Dyer, 
because people think they're Australian. That's what I always used to do. When I was in America, they'd always think I was Australian. And then I'd go really, really, really mockney just to make it sound like I was really from London or from England, you know, uh, and try to explain from Essex rather than London. It's like, you know, I didn't know what Essex was. But yeah, I know what you mean. You think he would have at least sort of, it would softened the Scouse accent since then, but it's yeah, so harsh. It's not a bit of it. I don't think. No, I don't think it will ever. Yeah, I don't think you ever would do. To be honest, um, well, it was like. I love, um, I love oh. about Albion is that he still loves his. You know? Oh yeah. And I think that was shown after the um, the Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge last season. Mm, yeah. When him and David in the stands, that for me encapsulates what West Ham's all about. You know, mm. uh, um, that was one of the most heartwarming things I think I've seen in a football ground for a long, long while, and. Um, mm. That says a lot, not only about the club, but about Alvin himself, you know. Mm. you know. Obviously, it was his son, he was immensely proud, but I think that time, that lengthy time out of West Ham is ingrained in his heart. And, um, oh, definitely. Yeah, that man is a man, he's a legend, mm. absolute legend for me, Alvin Martin. Definitely, definitely. And you're right, he's sort of an adopted Cockney, isn't he? So as you oh, said, he's lived here for 40 odd years. He still lives in the area. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. And I think, yeah, I think there's a sense when that Chelsea game, it was, yeah, it was his son, but it was his son playing for his team, which his yeah, son exactly. supported as well. And it was like a real family moment, wasn't it? It was lovely. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah. Okay. Right, Alvin's in. Who's Alvin partnering in the centre then, Steve? Okay, my favourite ever player. Um People, I still think people underestimated his contribution at this club. Um, Steve Potts. No. Um, again, a, a lengthy servant for us, but what a player. I mean, he started off as a, and you probably agree with me, as a right back, he was a little bit on the iffy side, you know, he was yeah. a little bit suspect, uh, a little bit unsure of himself. But a couple of injuries and a couple of positional changes, I think. We had a cup game against Aldershot back in the early 90s and he got shifted into centre midfield. And um, I said the quality of the opposition was quite low, but um, he just looked like a, a more natural player in that central role. Yeah. And a few weeks later, injuries at the centre half and he dropped back in that centre half position. Yeah. And despite his diminutive stature, what a player. You know, he just looked yeah. like an absolute natural. And for a four-year period in like the early and mid-90s, when he won the Amateur Year twice, he was runner-up so once or twice yeah. two in so a four-year yeah. period. He never yeah. got his name sung from the stands, which kind of... No, you're right. You're right, yeah. Um, but he was just quietly so efficient, you know, uh, dependable. I think I can count on one hand the mistake he made. I don't need to bring that up when it was, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, what I mean, what a player. I mean, and I think the biggest uh, testimony I can give him is during that early ninety period. I think one of the league's best strikers, uh, uh, Ian Wright. Much of the hate to admit it, it was quality. Uh, it took I think Ian Wright about ten games before he actually got the better of Potsy. He actually managed to notch a goal for Arsenal. Potsy always had him in his pocket. He just yeah. used to like that the likes of Alvin. Mark Reaper, uh, whoever, playing alongside him, go up for the mm. headers. But she's just to drop off two or three yards, any kind of error. He's just kind of sweep up and tidy up. It was just yeah. so quietly efficient and deadly in a way. You know? I just wish he'd scored a couple more goals. That's the only thing. Mm. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah. I know. He's one of, the, of one player that I've never met uh, who I think I'd be so starstruck I'd, I'd end up crying if I ever met him. You know? Yeah. I'll, so much admiration for that man, it is unreal. But yeah, yeah. he'd be the first time in my team shirt every single time. Really? And, and obviously, still in the club under 23s yeah. coach as well, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, you know, we're work. I'm working on him. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got friends. I've got friends in places working on him because I think it'd be really good. I think it'd be really interesting to hear about because you don't speak, to, don't hear Stevie a lot, do you? On, no, on, on interviews and okay. stuff. And so, I mean, I'm, I consider myself a quite quiet and shy person normally mm. and uh, he's very much the same ilk I've, I've been told mm. so uh, yeah. yeah I mean 
Yeah, which, what, a, what an absolute legend for me. An absolute oh, legend. De- absolutely, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, you're right. And you spent, uh, you know, obviously, one of the, obviously, when, when Breaker came into the, as you said, there's a few, and obviously when Breaker came in at right back, then Stevie was never going back into right back, as you said, with the injuries and stuff as well. Yeah. And um, just read the game really well, wasn't he? Uh, just read the yeah. game fantastically. Yeah. It's amazing what a position changer of about 10 yards can do. Because he went from <laughs> yeah. being an average player for me, into one of the finest players that I've ever seen. So, well, I mean, it's a little, similar that little shift in position. Maybe you're made right. It. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it's a similar thing. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, Deck was always going to be a, a first teamer, but you know, from being a, a, a centre back, you know, moving him a few yards forward, he just has a total different influence to the game, and and yeah. you know, and it's you know. I'm 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 very much in the in the camp of do not put him back into centre back, please, um, <laughs> Mr. Lampard or Mr. Southgate, um, because I just think England and West Ham, or and eventually when he goes to another club, we know he's going eventually, um, would be a loss yeah. because I think he just he's such a good position, but he plays such a unique position um, in that central midfield. Anyway, we move on. Uh, so that's you back for as your goalkeeper. Um, Midfield, left midfield maybe first. Left midfield. Um, oh, this was an incredibly tough one. Uh, I had two players down. Uh, I think if it hadn't been for the fact that I, I obviously caught him towards the tail end of his his time at West Ham when yeah. injuries had took their toll a little bit. Um, it would have been Dev every single day mm. of the week. Um. But for me, uh, and I know it's not the most popular choice ever, but Mr. Pye. Um, I agree. I mean, we only had him for just over a year, but uh, that that season and a bit was it probably the, technically the greatest part of seeing play for us. I agree. Um, I've never seen a West Ham player who I thought when he was on the pitch, he could singly, single-handedly turn the game around on his own. Yeah. It's very, we've, obviously, we've got one or two we've had like that, but it, every time he was there, you never thought he was beaten. I mean, no. we're not really good at coming from behind in, uh, in games, right? We never have been. But that season, we used to go 2 nil down. I used to turn around a bit and go, it's fine. Jimmy's out there. We're going to be fine, yeah? The amount of time yeah. he did it. Yes, and you throw in them free kicks. Them free kicks, I mean, again, it's not something we've actually thrived on. I know we knocked one or two a season if we're, if we're lucky, but he's banging in like free kicks from impossible distances and angles for fun. What a player. I'm just saying, like, we're obviously, no one really knows what went on behind the scenes and the no. reason for the departure, but um, what a player. And I just, yeah. I'm still, I'm still stunned we actually had him. You know, it, it brought so much joy to me in that that fifteen, eighteen month period. That, oh dear, again, I'm not personal decision. No, it's it's true. It was just, I think it's it's part of, you know, he he was part of this that that holds that season story that we wouldn't have had that season without him, and. I'll always be thankful for that. And you say it's an unpopular choice. To be honest, most people put Pyatt in their team because he was technically the best player I've personally ever seen at West Ham. And I think a lot of people as well. And just for the whole extra... It's almost... If if it wasn't our last season at the bowling... um, And he he played 18 months, he may well have got lost in the... You know, in the in the because it was so good, but he had he was even elevated even more because of the, it being the last season at Upton Park, and obviously the first yeah. one at London Stadium, and he scored against that Middlesbrough goal where he beat everyone twice and stuff like that, and um, and having a having a having a player who was you know a Ballon d'Or nominee as well, it's like that's never happened at West Ham, or it likely to ever happen again. Um, and you know a man who was who was like you know the, one of the top guys at the Euros as well. Again, never happens at West Ham. Yeah. You know when people are slapping your back because he scored a goal. For, you know when I'm in the pub. Well done, Russ. You know like because Payet scored a free kick for France. It's like I did all of that. Yeah, it was, it was all me. 
But um, no, he was just a, beaut- a, a fantastic football player. Not the passion of like a Di Canio, but like he was just mesmeric. And he just did it from, yeah. I remember that South End, that South End friendly. I think he whips, in a, he whips in a free kick and I think he whips in like a cross for a goal or whatever. And from then on, you know, from then it was Arsenal. He was beating all, you know, all those players like, and then Liverpool away. Yeah, weird. Yeah, people moan about our sort of, Season, you know, our gate runs of games. We that season, yeah, was it Arsenal away, Liverpool away? I think we played Man City away, away. all in the first four. Yeah, three of them, all three of them, one league game away from home after the other. Yeah, and what we'd give to have that now. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll just move on, mate. All the crap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go right mid. Let's go right wing. Right midfield. Okay. Um. I might have to make a late last minute change here. Oh. So I feel gutted I haven't picked Dev. Late, late fitness test. We so can put Dev like... on, you put Dev on the bench if you've already got a right winger on. Like you can have a bench player if you want. It's up oh, to you, man. Yeah, my, uh, no, I'm actually going to go with Dev. Yeah, okay. Right. And apologies to Trevor Sinclair because, sorry, Trevor, but. <laughs> no. It's happened in Devonshire, mate, you know? <laughs> the man who glided up and down for either wing. Yeah. Uh, like, like you're just floating on air. Um, yeah. I've, as I said, man, I've caught most of like, his post-Wigan injury career. Um, mm. He reinvented himself a little bit. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't relying on the pace as much because his knee had gone a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But what an amazing... Again, another amazing player. And so technically gifted. Oh, dear. Again, it's just majestic. I mean, it, can you imagine actually watching the side? We have high A one wing, Devonshire on the other wing. You know, mm. that's, but on, but on like the modern playing surface as well, like the bowling greens. Exactly. That, right? Could you imagine that? That's that's the one thing. That's one thing I I, I didn't really grasp as much until watching. So obviously we, we've had interviewed Dev and, and Macca and people like that, and they talk about that Chelsea game and they beat them four 0 at Chelsea and the the month and it was just like a sand pit. It was all, and they went back and looked at the highlights and I was like, oh my yeah. god, you know what they were doing on those bogs was incredible. Um, it's not. I mean, not only the pitches, but also they was dealing with basically thugs at times. You know, they was allowed mm-hmm. to get away with so much. With, which is why Dev's career sadly got hindered yeah. for a little bit, about 18 months. Uh, but what, I mean, what an amazing plan. If he'd have been playing today, he would have fried, wouldn't he? He would have, oh, it would yeah. have been just an absolute joy to watch. Yeah. So I like to say apologies to Trevor Sinclair because yeah. he was pursuing, because when he joined us, what, again, versatile, eye for goal, tricky, yeah. just a quality player. So oh, sorry, yeah. Trevor. It's Alan Demetrio, mate. I'm sorry. Sorry, Trev, but it's Dev. There we go. It rhymes. All right. Okay. Central <laughs> midfield, then. Central midfield, then. Who are we going to go, Steve, for? Okay. Again, can I make an apology first? Of course you can. Those were mentioned. Uh, I'd like to apologise to William Bishop, who, during the early... You're, you're killing me, Steve. Do you know why you're killing me? Because Bish always retweets when he's in the team, and Trevor always retweets when he's in the team. God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> carry on, man. Wait, that's me bench. <laughs> now, Bish, what, what, a, what an amazing player. I mean, yeah. he always wanted the ball. To, even if he has like, one of his poor games, he never hid. No. Mm. And everyone said like, he was just like there playing that. But he could get his foot stuck in when he wanted to. But when he had the ball, he had so much time and mm. vision. Um, I'm so gutted that um, I'm not putting him in. But it will become apparent. Okay. Because these two gentlemen I'm picking uh, the centre of midfield, they work as a pair. Um, first of all, Billy Bonds. Yeah. I don't have to say anything. Um, a true warrior, a leader of men. Um, probably a, the, well, one of the nicest guys in football. Um, mm. Someone who, again, can bring me to tears. I mean, opening the the Billy Bond stand. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Seeing the man that I thought was virtually indestructible, that emotional. Yeah. It, it triggered off a bit of a chain reaction, the Bobby Moore, I've got to say, because... Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you don't have to say anything about Bill other than no. he's Mr. West Ham. 
And in the role that I've got him playing, um, obviously, but everyone thinks he's just a hard man. He, he, all he was was a bit of a bruiser and a, he wasn't, he could play football. You know, he, he was an incredibly good player. It just that because he was such a tough nut, that um, people kind of associate him with that more than the actual footballing ability. But you don't yeah. get to six, seven hundred games at the highest level without being a terrific player. No. But um, alongside him, um, and the reason that builds him as a little bit of a protector as well as a player, is the one and only Trevor Brookin. Who, obviously, I didn't get to see many times uh, when I first started coming because he retired the first season I started attending games. But um, I saw enough of him, um, mm. and even at the this was the tail end of his career, I saw enough of him in person to realise that all those things I'd seen on TV weren't just like. You know, when you're a kid and you kind of think yeah. everything on TV is sometimes a myth. Yeah. When you see that, per, that man in action with a football, he's like, a joy to behold, you know? Yeah. Um, again, going back, one of the nicest people you ever wish to meet, and I've been fortunate enough to do that. Just what a, an incredibly talented, uh, gifted, humble and amazing player and person yeah you know? yeah exactly. as, as a kid growing up one of the players i always wanted to see before uh, at the ground was trevor brookin yeah and i managed to do it a few times not as many as i would have liked to but um i'll be able to take that to my grave i actually saw him in person and i'm mm. i'm a richer man for it yeah and and i mean you know just just a west Ham man you know what i mean it's like Nowadays, you know, when when teams get relegated, they're off ski, aren't they? You know, it's like, <laughs> but he stayed there and he still played regularly for England, and you know, didn't want to leave when you know offers were coming in for you know the Forest or Liverpool, where you know, like you know, just uh, just such a unique person, such so unique. Very, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go up front. Who have we got up front? Then Steve. Okay, um, I think the only person I really have to apologise for leaving out is Tony Cotty, because um, throughout my whole my early oh, years... Oh, that's another one. Tony Cotty always reads... Do you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have three subs. I've got my three subs. <laughs> All right, TC's not in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Tony. Um, obviously, when I was growing up... Uh, all right, yeah. Goals law, but... Um, Mainly because my first choice, Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Uh, for, for that period when he joined us for the next two, three years, I think it was probably the uh, the first world class player I've seen play for us. And again, yeah, like Pie, you just. The ground lit up. When, he, when the ball was at his feet, the whole ground lit up. You know, you just, you mm. just didn't know. You knew something special could happen at any moment. Yeah. You know, it uh, was, I know I keep repeating the same thing. What a fantastic player. But it, he yeah. was, in, he got the ball and you just thought, whoa, what's going to happen here? You know, uh, but you combine the ability with the passion. Uh, yeah. Everyone said, oh, he didn't, he didn't play up north. But I can remember going to Mills when he was scoring a, a winner up there. And Middles was far north as I ever want to go again, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, oh, what, can, what, can I, what else can I say about him? That, again, an absolute West Ham legend. People, but a lot, there's a few people on, on KUMB who very much anti Di Canio, and I can never understand it because for that two or three year period, year period he gave me so mm. much joy. You know? yeah. He was just a world class, amazing player. He might have been a handful of a pitch. But you could get away whatever you wanted, mate, because you are superb. Yeah. Yeah, it's you're my totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. And when they say he couldn't do up north, he played, how, long did, how many years did he played Celtic? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> People forget, yeah. that's, Scotland's as north you can get, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, 
No, I know what you mean. If, I mean, that's, I, I totally, totally agree with what you say. You know, I think Payet was technically the best player I've ever seen, but De Canio was the best player because I think you've got technicality, but then you've got passion. And I just think you need yeah. both to be, a, to, to, to be ingrained as a West Ham legend. You need not only the ability, because, you know, we don't mind if people haven't got the ability, but they're still playing and they're putting a shift in, you sort of, you know, yeah. they get let off their little bit, you know what I mean? Because they're trying. But you, very occasionally you'll get a guy who puts it in, although sometimes he's a bit fun, temperamental, but that's power, um, some, but puts it in, but has incredible technical ability. And those guys are always end up being West Ham legends just because they do both. They have the ability and they and they try as well. And um, he was just, he was just a soap opera, a one-man soap opera. That's why I loved him. Because you got excited, you got to the game, and you didn't know, you knew Paolo was playing, you didn't know what was going to happen. It was that whole era, that whole Redknapp era was just a crazy, crazy time to be a West Ham fan. You go to football to be entertained, and that man yeah. delivered in immense quantities. But he also got us. I know yeah, you're right. it's an thing that you see like, all these like, foreign players come over, like kiss the badge, pump the heart and all that. I think he actually meant it, and I still mm-hmm. think he meant it. You know? Yeah. And he got us. He got us. You know? He did. So, yeah, yeah every day of the week, Paolo would be on my side. Yeah, good shout. All right, who's Paolo going to partner in the middle, in that front then, Steve? Last player. And this one is with a little bit of a sadness, I'm saying this, because he never achieved what he could have done, and that's Dean Ashton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was sadly taken from, I know it sounds like I've wrote him off and passed him away there, but... I know what you mean. point of view, Yeah. he was lost, not just to West Ham, but to England as well, because... Definitely. He had everything. He had everything. Mm. Positionally, he was... As astute as, as a positional forwarder of the thing, intelligent, he was great in the air, he was decent on the floor. People say mm. he was slow, like he wasn't the quickest in the world, but I, I remember a goal he scored across against Everton where he ran the length of the pitch using sheer strength to hold off. I, I can't remember the defender's name now because I didn't need to know because Ashton just muscled yeah, him all the way yeah. for like 30, 40 yards. Yeah. So, again, what player? And um, it's just so sad that injury had tarnished and ruined his career when it did. Because it's he was not only West Ham's number nine period, but England's number yeah. nine as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was it's just so West Ham, weren't it? You know, he gets he gets you know he gets caught up to the England squad. He gets completely taken out by the smallest player ever. You know, what I mean, it's not like he was like a a yeah. big defender. It was Sean fucking White Phillips. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Absolutely, uh, it's, yeah. it's such a shame because, again, he could have gone on to achieve so much. And, and like I said, not just from a West Ham point of view. I'm selfish and always put West Ham. I always put West Ham mm. first. But from an international point of view, at the time England were crying out for a, a yeah that can't for Rooney. Yep, yeah. and he would have filled that role oh, no better than anyone can I can think of. Yeah, no doubt. And 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 you're right. He wasn't the quickest, but he had enough pace to get past people. Is that two yards? I remember that, yep. that. You know, he was skillful enough. I remember obviously the the semi final. We 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 did the did the centre backs in you know in the FA Cup and uh, what's name and, yep. and did the you know and it was just you know and obviously the the bicycle kick against Man United and and obviously Martin Noble testimonial bicycle kick. Yep. You know, it's like <laughs> still had it. <laughs> you know, and it was. He's uh, and again a lovely bloke and speaks really highly of West Ham and stuff and they all do you know all yeah, everyone it seems like they, that everyone you've picked you know would would speak very highly of West Ham because they just got the fans and the fans got them yeah. and I think it goes back to the family thing they felt at home they felt comfortable yeah good shout in that environment you know mm. um, I mean we can go back to the bowling days when he was right on top of the the pitch and the players mm. and if he was an opposition player. You feel intimidated as a home home player and a fan favourite. That must have made you feel a thousand mile tall because yeah. that that bond between fan and player, which we'll never see again in the modern game, we won't see it. No, the bond between fan and player was so great and um, so mm. immense that when you listen to any interview with, say, Alvin and the Devonshire. Even David Cross, who I'm a massive fan of, and he could have made my 
my 11 any day of the week. Oh, Crossy yeah. loves, yeah, Cross, Crossy yeah. attributes his whole career, West Ham career, to being, a, to being for the fans. When I interviewed yeah, him, we'd finished, we'd finished the interview and he said, oh, I want to talk more about the fans. So I had to like record it for another like 20 yeah. minutes while he spoke about I the fans. It's brilliant. That one a couple of weeks ago and again, that speaks so highly, not a, mm. just of, um, of the man himself, but how we can positively impact our side and, um, it, it's the family thing, isn't it? Because yeah. it must reflect. Well, it certainly didn't a few years ago. I mean, it's very much harder nowadays because there's such a gap between your working man and um, players nowadays. Yeah, it's hard to get that that connection going. But well, also, also, it's like you know, like when you know when you was up when he was up to part, and as you said, it's it's not just West Ham. It's indicative of of modern game modern game. You know, when we used to you know at West Ham we used to put your hands for the railing. To get assigned, yeah. uh, get get, and you know they all would, you know away players, yeah. home players, they all would, uh, maybe the away away players as much, but um, and, and things like that, and obviously now you don't get that, um, you know it, it's and as you said, like uh, they all live in nice apartments in Canary Wharf now, they don't live. I mean, I used to live in Loughton, and I, I you know when I interviewed Shaka, I used to serve Shaka at Safeways and Samasi Abu and Paul Kitson and people like that, and you. You get you'd into that they'd almost be they were like the, a normal person you know it's like rather than yeah. this sort of uber level of celebrity status really um and you know you wouldn't see i don't know lanzini going to the waitrose and picking up a, a tub of hummus you'd get on Deliveroo or you know it's, that's but it's yeah. but it's, it's just it's not just and it's, it's not just it's just it's just modern football in general you, you know and i just think it's sad because the excitement you get walking down the road and I don't know, you yeah. know, I don't know, Pete Butler's in front of you or Steve Lomas and you're like, oh my God, it's Steve Lomas and they would just, they wouldn't mind stopping and you wouldn't, you didn't have phone, really have a camera phone then, would you? So it was all, you get an, you get an autograph then rather than a phone, but. There was um, this little story going back to me, Slavin Belich almost made my 11. Um, yeah. And I hope you don't mind me telling this on a quick mate. Not at all. Um, when when Billich joined us, I mean, I was so impressed and amazed by him and his ability and what when what an immense player. That, uh, mm. During my younger days, I used to buy football shirts galore, and uh, I popped down Carnaby Street and bought a Croatia shirt. And as I walked out, soccer thing it was, walks over to the pub opposite, shakes his arms. Me and my mate just grabbed a pint, sitting outside on the table, and uh, my mate just tapped me on the shoulder and went pointed down there and I, I, I what turn around and there's slab bowling back down carnaby street in a leather jacket looking like the coldest person i've ever seen in my life yeah and uh my mate just went whoa slab and he just turned around and went walked off and i thought you won't see that nowadays would you yeah just no but yeah that was it Meant to stay that one <laughs> yeah well that's just awesome and you just getting it and it's 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 a real sad thing that football's got to that level of status that, you know, you don't, you just wouldn't bump it. Well, yeah, we won't bump into one anyway, because no, no fuckers around at the moment. But before <laughs> everything, <laughs> before everything, it's just because it was like, it's just so much, as you said, and that's just, you still talk about that two seconds of, of him noticing you. You still talk about it now, many, many years oh. later. And it's like, it's like, I remember, I remember meeting Pete, I mean, Pete Butler was the first player I ever met. And I met him at a Junior Hammer's birthday party when you used to go in the little school next door in the in the hall and you used to pay like I don't know, fifteen pounds a child, you used to get like a little birthday party of twenty of your mates. And a and a first team football player would turn up and sign autographs. And like you wouldn't get it now, would you? God no, you wouldn't have you wouldn't <laughs> could you imagine Balbuena turning up to an Owls Adventure House party or a McDonald's party? Never happened. Um <laughs> That's showing my age, House Avenger, House Fell at Waters. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Pete Butler. And I was like, and he played, I think we said the Tuesday, and he played on the Monday, still with like a little bit of a black eye. And I was like, oh my God. And it was like, it was just brilliant. And you just don't get it anymore. And it's sad, but as you said, it is yeah. what it is now, isn't it? There's nothing to do about it. It's just modern football. But uh, uh, yeah, well, oh dear. But anyway, Steve, it's been lovely chatting to you. It's been yeah, lovely. Really enjoyed uh, it. Thank you. An hour has just passed without really blinking. That's mental, isn't it? Hmm. Hour and two minutes. But anyway, thank you very much, Steve. 
and no obviously thank you to everyone for watching as well um like share subscribe if you're watching on youtube or spotify apple podcast whatever uh, make sure you subscribe to that channel and, and share it tell everyone about it um you know got a few more weeks to all our dreams fade and die as they do every other season but so we'll keep keep the positivity going for at least a few weeks um and until next time for me and steve take care everyone stay safe come in your wines and we'll see you again very very soon take care everyone see ya bye-bye sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.